are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. everyone welcome to another episode of finding your forte i have to say just right off the top that if there was ever a thing as most overdue episode this would be the one so i'm really excited to bring you this conversation that really has been brewing and you know on simmer and then you know boiling hot at different points in the process for a number of years um, and, you know, as, as, as always in these conversations, we like to bring you um, uh, the trajectory of people that are pursuing purpose in their jobs, in their careers, and in their lives. And it would be really hard to come up with an example of someone that's doing it better than the guests we have today. So I bring you the Chief Information Security Officer for the Federal Home Loan Bank of San Francisco, Mr. Kwame Fields. How you doing, Kwame? Doing great, Reggie. Thanks for having me on your on your show. Really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for coming. I, I, I you know, oh my God, how far do we go back? Do we go inroads intern? Do we go like <laughs> there's so much ground we can cover? And I'm really excited to be able to. Um, you know, first of all, for you to give him your time, um, he will be very modest and maybe not share this, but his calendar is extremely competitive. And so for him to uh, offer up a slice of it for this conversation, I am extremely grateful. So Kwame, I um, dare not try to introduce you without the risk, with, with, with the risk of not doing it justice. So let's do it this way. I'll let you introduce you and then I'll come behind you and do some humility cleanup, like stuff that you probably left out because you were trying to be too humble. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks for that for that uh, introduction, Reggie. So, um, so yes, as 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 you mentioned, I am the chief information security officer for the Federal Home Loan Bank of San Francisco. I'm also the chief diversity officer for for the bank. Um, and in those roles, uh, from a security perspective, I'm responsible for ensuring that uh, all of our information assets are protected from, you know, hackers, et cetera, as well as uh, on the information side, ensuring that our users, um, you know, are are who they who they say they are when they're interacting with, you know, confidential information, and and that there's no data leakage and, and those types of things. Um, from a diversity perspective, you know, I manage the bank's diversity program. 
which uh, is somewhat unique in the financial services industry because it is federally regulated uh, as or mandated, I should say, for the bank to have what's what's called an Omni officer, which is the Office of Minority and Women in, Office of Minority and Women Inclusion. Uh, and, and so I we, we call that the Chief Diversity Officer for short. Um, but as a mandate, you know, we're required to report, you know, all kinds of, of diversity related data from who works for the bank to where the bank spends its money uh, to where the bank invests its money, um, and, as well as development programs, et cetera, for the workforce. So I'm responsible for, for all of that. Um, prior to, to working for the Federal Home Bank of San Francisco, I was I've had a few stops with uh, E-Trade Financial. Um, uh, JP Morgan Chase and their consumer banking division, uh, as well as Cardinal Health, uh, okay. American Electric Power, yeah. sure, and that's kind of where our. So you know what? I've got a, I've got a, you're out in Cali, and we're going to do this Hollywood style. So I'm going to. I once heard. I don't know if this is true, but I once heard that when they're shooting a movie, they shoot the last scene first, and then they go and shoot the rest of the movie leading up until the last scene. Mm -hmm. So what you have shared now is kind of the climax, the, the climax, it's the pinnacle of this story, but I'd really like to go now, let's go start shooting from the beginning of the, okay. of the conversation because I, you know, there's so much um, inspiration in the trajectory and how it, how, and how it has occurred. And I, um, because of the work that I do, I have this unique um, opportunity to to talk to people that are that were in similar places at you at the kind of at the beginning of your trajectory, and so um, let's go there. Let's let, uh -huh. you know. Let's 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 start. Let's start from the story. You know, kind of at the beginning of it, and then work our way back to where you are right now. Okay. So, uh, so the beginning of the story, well, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't acknowledge uh, my alma mater, uh, which is the University of Michigan. Well, you should probably mention your hometown first, okay? <laughs> Columbus, Ohio. Y'all will get where this is going. Y'all will get where this is going real soon. We're going to try to keep it um, cordial and professional here, but it gets in its way. But yeah, so why don't you tell them about your hometown first? Yeah, so my hometown of Columbus, Ohio, where, where I was fortunate to escape the, the trappings of uh, the Ohio State University and, and, and make my way to the University of Michigan, uh, where I majored in uh, computer engineering and, and, uh, and, and did all kinds of stuff. It was, it was an awesome experience. Um, but in the latter years of, of my time at Michigan, as, as, as Reggie mentioned, I, I hooked up with inroads. Um, and for those who aren't familiar with Inroads, it's it's basically a uh, intern and development program, which I really think is where they differentiate themselves, is a development for uh, minority uh, students, and they set them up with with internships with um, you know with prominent organizations. And and for me, that was uh, Anderson Consulting, which which is now Accenture, uh, and that's where you know Reg and I began began our relationship. He had been there for for uh, a few years before I arrived and, and certainly took the opportunity to, to mentor me uh, along with some other uh, minority uh, employees at, 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 the, at the company. And, um, you know, it was great. I mean, you know, uh, I, I learned a lot at Accenture, I learned a lot from Reggie. Um, and then at some point we went our separate ways and I, I can't recall specifically when, well, I, I would say we've always kept in touch. 
right? Uh, not only because we were Accenture uh, or Anderson alumni, but because of the the uh, the sports rivalry with our respective uh, alma maters. And at one point, um, you know, I was kind of meandering through my my career along those those stops that I mentioned, and um, was ready to go to that that next level, but. You know, I think I've used these words with you, Reg. I said things have happened to me that have been that have been awesome, right? It's as if I'm walking a path, but I but I didn't know what that path was, and it, it felt uh, I, things were happening to me instead of um, uh, with me, so to speak. And I wanted to take that next step to be more planful about what that next step in my journey was. And this was before, um, you know, I, I got the job as as a CISO, and that was that transitional phase where I had doing a lot of things, a lot of, um, like I said, great career opportunities, uh, but I had no clue really how to become a CISO, which uh, which is a C-suite position. And so um, I reached out to, to Reggie and said, hey, you know, um, we, we've been talking informally for, for quite some time and I'm, I, I need some help, right? I, I, you know, I was like, Help me make the best move for for me and and um, and yeah. So I, I really appreciate the experience um, of going through the process, the self discovery, very very enlightening. And and so um, yeah. Which was I mean that was a that was a call I was really excited to get because for a number of reasons I saw I had the blessing to see the story in its early beginning and had already known, like already had this, maybe not articulated words, but um, I already knew that, you know, this kid is going somewhere. <laughs> like you, you already kind of, like what I remember is you had the, a really great balance of technical prowess and professional presence. And I, and, and I know, at least in the consultant space, like those are two strong building blocks for a successful career. And I think you did a great job of kind of building on that. And so, you know, um, the Hollywood version of the story where you got kidnapped from Columbus and taken to Ann Arbor <laughs> and forced to right. go to school. We'll, we, 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 won't, we won't share that, but you eventually found your way away from there and went out to um, really kind of, you know, head down a, a professional path that's mm -hmm. to this day, you know, still admirable. So when you got that, when I got that call, it was kind of, you know, I'd be elated to have this conversation. And I, I in a way, I felt like we both had been kind of getting ready for that conversation. So it was, it, it almost felt inevitable. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I would agree. I mean, um, the different stops that I had along my career, you know, I, I'll tell, you know, I, I do mentoring uh, with, with students at, at Michigan and many others. But um, one of the things I do mention to them is the, the experience I had as the consultant kind of added several tools into my tool belt, but then also um, there were opportunities that presented themselves that part of it is you just kind of have to put yourself out there, right? So so when I made the leap from uh, consulting to American Electric Power, uh, it was really because my experience had become too varied, right? And I had to figure out well, what I wanted to, to focus on. Um, and uh, it, it just so happened that 
shortly after I joined American Electric Power, 9-11 hit. And AEP has a nuclear power plant uh, up in Michigan. Uh, no co no connection with the school, of course, but, um, and so they were like, hey, this is this is all new. I mean, since when has a terrorist attack happened on US soil? And, uh, you know, what do we do about these nuclear power plants? And um, we don't know anything about cybersecurity and are they gonna use that? And and I said, well, well neither do I, frankly, but um, I, I will, you know, I raised my hand and said, I'll, I'll help figure it out. So went to, to you know, quick nuclear power plant and figured out um, how do we marry physical and cybersecurity. Um, when I when I made the leap to uh, to Cardinal Health, it was the beginnings of, of HIPAA. And, you know, for those who don't know, Cardinal is, is one of the largest suppliers of uh, medical devices and pharmaceuticals. And so... Mm -hmm they were charged with figuring out, you know, how do we do this pedigree of a pill? How do we make sure that we eliminate black market um, um, uh, pharmaceuticals? And, and so I said, I, I don't know, but I'll, I'll help figure it out. Right. And, and so went to Cardinal and, and did this HIPAA stuff, if you want to call it that, uh, from an information security perspective. And, and so, um, you know, I, I added that to my tool belt and, and then along comes, um, JP Morgan and, and they're just this massive, you know, 800 pound gorilla. Uh, and, you know, as they began to get more scrutiny um, with, you know, back then it was, you, you would always go to a branch, right? And, and so they were trying to become more of a, a web enabled organization, which if you think about that, what chases today, you're like, wow, that did that ever really happen? You know, you always thought that they were always online. Um, but that wasn't always the case. So, uh, you know, again, something that was new and I said, hey, I'll, I don't know, but I'll, I'll raise my hand and try to figure it out. Um, yeah. and, and so that was kind of how I got into um, the identity security stuff. And along the way, I was just slowly adding pieces to my tool belt. And uh, through a relationship at, at Chase, um, you know, one of the women that I worked with in consumer banking, uh, she had an opportunity at, at E-Trade and, uh, you know, she was, she called me up one day and said, hey, uh, I'm, I'm working for this, uh, not so much a startup anymore type company. They have no idea what they're doing with, with security and, and risk management. I'm trying to build a practice. Uh, can you help me? And mm -hmm. I said, um, sure. And, and so <clears throat> she moved me out to, to California and and we built up the the E Trade risk management practice, uh, and wow. I, I think it's at wow. that point that I that I uh, reached out to Reggie. I don't know if it was before or after the the E Trade deal, but no, it was during. It okay. was during okay. that because okay. and the reason. Well, I know the timeline because I know kind of what where we took our you know snapshot of what you're doing currently, but I also remember the clarity you had around your aspiration to become a chief information security mm -hmm. officer, like in a way that made our work, like that wasn't, you know, I mean, that wasn't to be an easy, you know, a, a, a easy goal to try to go after. What made it easy was your clarity around it. Like you weren't doubting, like you, you weren't, you know, shaky about it at all. You're like, this is what we're working towards. Yeah. And I, this, I said, well, Let's get to work. And so, but 
the other part is that in in this, you know, when, when we kind of took stock of what your aspirations for, there were as many aspirations you had um, for other people, for others around you, as you had for yourself. I mean, oftentimes when people kind of go through an experience like this is really kind of self-centered. And that's, I shouldn't say self-centered because that word has its own connotation, but it's really focused on like what we're gonna do with your career. So one of the things that I thought was really admirable about you and the forte we were pulling together, which, so just as a little bit of a, you know, aside for listeners, when we talk about a forte, so the experience that someone goes through for us to discover purpose and then lay out a path to get there is called finding your forte. So when we talk about a forte, we're talking about, it actually looks like a personal strategic plan. It says, here are all your most optimizable assets, your strengths, your passions, your motivations, um, your exemplary leadership practices. And then we use that to kind of set what is what would be your career and life North Star. And it would be your purpose statement. And then once we have, we're, once we're equipped with that, then we can lay out, well, what visions, what does it look like when you think big and start small? And from there, we just build out goals and action items. So we went through that process with Kwame and just taking a step back from that, we realized, I noticed that there was um, as much to benefit in his forte for those around him as it was for him. So the admiration in it, it was almost like a, you know, kind of a, lifting as we climb kind of effect going on. Um, and it's not all, it is not just in that Forte document. I mean, the rest of the story plays that aspiration out for you. And, you know, we'll get to that here in a second. I could also see the braided interaction between your security aspiration and diversity aspiration in terms of your, you know, kind of leadership prowess. So when you think about that, and now that you look back on that kind of moment, that pivotal moment in, you know, your, in your career, you know, talk a little bit about um, what, what that meant for you personally and how that was able to kind of set a path for what you did going forward. Yeah, so um, I've always been, you know, indirectly uh, engaged in diversity activities. You know, my, my father was, and my mother were, were pretty um, vocal about, you know, their um, their expectations and, and, you know, benefiting the Black community in general, uh, starting with, with my name, <clears throat> uh, which is uh, Swahili, uh, myself and my, my twin sister and, uh, and my older brother. Um, and so when it came to um, um, my professional career and, and, you know, just kind of looking back at the relationship that you and I had, um, there were a lot of people, uh, a lot of minorities, actually, um, gender and ethnic minorities who uh, invested in my career. And certainly I, I just felt an obligation to reciprocate that um, throughout, you know, my activities, right? So if we think about what I, you know, even at Cardinal Health, there was, uh, we created a, um, uh, a Black uh, employees resource group. 
Um, did the same. I didn't create it at Chase, but certainly helped to to increase the population of the participation. Um, at E-Trade, created the entire diversity program for, for the entire organization. Um, and then, of course, once I joined the Federal Home Bank of San Francisco, um, did the same thing and eventually became their chief diversity officer. So um, I think that it's important to um, make sure that you, you smooth the path for, for those that, that are around you and come behind you, particularly in specifically for me in the information security space. There are um, at the time that I became CISO, particularly in the Bay Area, I was one of three uh, Black CISOs. And, and if you know anything about Silicon Valley, there are a ton of technology companies. Uh, so, you know, three divided by who knows what that denominator is, is not a big number at, at, at all, right? So, um, so anyway, so I wanted to try to, to impact that in any way that I could. So, um, it's just been part of the passion of mine. One of the things that um, I knew what you just shared, just in terms of the few numbers, like the less than one hand numbers of CISOs, black CISOs. You want to know something I just learned like last week? How it's a similar situation for chief diversity officers. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. I mean, even in. Even that blew in the my mind. Yeah, it's it's amazing, right? And and that, so uh, we just had a, um, a a a meeting for all of the diversity officers um, uh, in in the federal home loan bank system uh, a couple of weeks ago in Washington D.C. And it's 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 good to see. Don't get me wrong, but but surprising nonetheless that I would say less than half of them are uh, ethnic minorities. Um, you're, there, there are definitely, you know, a lot of women, right. You know, so, so from a gender perspective, there's, there's, uh, it's dominated by, by women. Uh, so you have the, the gender diversity, um, but as far as the ethnic diversity there, there are only a handful of, of the 11, 12, uh, institutions. I think four of us are, are, uh, ethnic minorities. So, okay. Okay. So you're now at this place where you got the legacy of your work kind of unfolded, this, you know, uh, chief information security officer role. You've kind of taken our work as a roadmap and then off you ran on your own, you know, kind of doing it until you got to this point. And then we had an opportunity to engage again this time not just focused on you, but focused on the the bank and the work that you were doing and putting in place a diversity, equity, and inclusion strategic plan. Yeah. So so one of the things that we were attempting to do at the bank is is to transition. As I mentioned, it's it's mandated by by um, uh, by law, right, to have a diversity program for the Federal Home Loan Bank uh, of San Francisco. Right. Um, but I'll tell you, once when when the law was initially uh, rolled out, which was in 2017, um, the diversity program was really a compliance activity. You know, how many black people, how many Hispanics, how many are managers, et cetera, et cetera. And so when you would ask the employees, well, what what does the diversity program mean to you? And they're like, absolutely nothing. It's it's a check the box congressional wow. exercise. And so 
uh, when I reached out to to Reggie, I said, "Hey, we need to we need to change this, right? You know, the whole point of having this program is is for the employees. You know, certainly the data piece is is table stakes because it is a mandate by by Congress. But it, what's the point of doing this if we're not going to impact the the employees, right? And and so um, through through our exercise and focus groups, et cetera, we you know a lot of those sentiments were called out that you know, hey, this is a check the box thing. Why am I even here? And and so we had our work laid out in front of us is, you know, how do we change that perception and, and what programs we put in place to positively impact employees um, and the bank. That's a good place for us to kind of take a breath, take a break. Um, and we will hear from our sponsor. And I'm eager for when we get back to this conversation, Kwame, to kind of pick up where you just left off in terms of, you know, because there's so much about the current state that you're able to share more on. So to the extent that we can, we can do that, I want to explore that a little bit just after this break. I always had to be so good, no one could ignore me. Carve my path with data and drive. But some people only see who I am on paper. The paper ceiling. The limitations from degree screens to stereotypes that are holding back over 70 million stars. Workers skilled through alternative routes rather than a bachelor's degree. It's time for skills to speak for themselves. Find resources for breaking through barriers at tearthepaperceiling.org. Brought to you by Opportunity at Work and the Ad Council. Okay, we're back. And um, as a reminder for our listeners, I'm here with Kwame Fields, who is the Chief Information Security Officer for the Federal Home Loan Bank, San Francisco. Probably it's so smooth, it rolls like butter off my tongue now, but like three years ago, it was the... <laughs> it was... Long it is a long name. butt butter. <laughs> yeah. um, so I really am grateful for the opportunity to grow with you and your team and really in the bank um, in the way that we have been, um, you know, kind of bringing some uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, what I would consider best practices. You know, what I will say, um, it just kind of knowing the landscape of what other organizations are doing, that you guys are doing some things that are differentiated, you know, innovative. I'm reminded of like some of the things that you're doing to reward your ERG leads, you know? So um, so talk a little bit about, you know, what you see as the current state of things um, at the bank currently. Yeah, you know, there's a, there's a lot, you know, as I mentioned, we started out as a, a compliance, you know, the DI was a, was a compliance activity and, and we've certainly, made a lot of improvements um, in the program since then, uh, you know, I'll, I'll start at the top. You know, we have one of the most diverse, we have the most diverse board in the Federal Home Loan Bank system. Um, you, you could probably argue that it's one of the most diverse uh, boards in um, the financial services industry. Uh, <clears throat> we have, uh, I'm, I'm gonna throw these numbers out of the top of my head, I'm sure I'm going to get them wrong, but they're not too far off from being accurate. Of the 15 board members, uh, I want to say seven are ethnically diverse and nine are, or six are women, something like that. Um, okay. I'm sure we'll, we'll find the real numbers, but 
But at the end of the day, you know, if you think about boards, um, there was a reason why the state of California um, passed that law, which is unfortunately being challenged in the court system now uh, for board to be more diverse. Uh, and uh, it's by no accident that our board is as diverse as it is because it was very intentional. Um, we have uh, a, a black woman CEO, uh, Teresa Bryce Baysmore, uh, who's phenomenal. Uh, she is uh, a leader in the financial services industry. I mean, she's she's everywhere and, and definitely promoting um, women in uh, executive positions uh, and, you know, the the helping to spearhead what the bank is doing to combat the home ownership uh, and wealth gap between uh, black and and um, uh, white households. And then from a workforce perspective, um, we are um, majority minority. Uh, so, and, and that includes, we're, we're almost 50-50 in, in gender uh, diversity. So we're doing a lot of good things. And, and so we've also been deploying a lot of development programs with our employees to make sure that we continue to develop um, a management pipeline to help to uh, uh, maintain diversity in the leadership ranks, uh, to be attractive to uh, more diverse employees, uh, and continue to, to reinforce and enable that diversity within um, the management ranks uh, up and through to the C-suite. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I think the bank is, is doing a lot of good things. I, I think where we are working to improve is how well that diversity represented in, in the management ranks. Um, you know, we have uh, a lot of, um, I think we've done better with, with gender diversity um, in the managing directors, uh, SVP, et cetera. Um, but I think we've got a little work to do when it comes to um, representing the ethnic diversity that we that I mentioned at the top levels and at the bottom levels, we wanna kind of make that same representation uh, in the middle management levels as well. It's been really inspiring to kind of watch you operate and move, you know, at the tactical level of the work where, especially I've been privy to have kind of the big picture for some time now, even before you got to a place where you were formally articul articulating it for the purposes of whatever compliance or, you know, uh, uh, you know, the requirement to do so. Uh, I've watched you personally develop one of my favorite clients, Sashala Lamond, and, you know, she's off and running, you know, kind of building, uh, continuing to build her brand and space in the diversity space. I've had an opportunity to meet so many of your associates uh, across the bay that you all have been able, you know, that, that you all have partnered with. Um, in terms of you know us being able to understand how your their relationships with you know with your groups allow them to allow them to kind of have mutual assets developed and you know kind of and, and kind of push forward. So it's been a really you know encouraging experience. And I, you mentioned Teresa, which I, I was really inspired to watch her join as well. But even more so, I love. Um, just kind of watching her social media traffic mm -hmm. uh, and seeing her espouse the things that make it really evident that you're just, you're about so much more than just being a bank. I mean, all the work that you're doing to make 
home, uh, housing, affordable, to be able to provide asset, uh, to be able to provide programming to your members' banks so that they are enabled to um, uplift the communities that they serve. And the level of commitment that the bank and its leadership has had to um, that really purposeful pursuit has just been tremendous. And, you know, I applaud all of you and your colleagues for that, you know, for that work. Yeah, you know, one of the things that uh, is ingrained in, in the federal home loan bank system uh, and San Francisco specifically uh, is so we've got a balance between, you know, ensuring liquidity in the market for the purposes of uh, uh, mortgage finance. But there's also what we call the mission based programs, right? So there's all these activities around uh, affordable housing, uh, and that can rep be represented uh, through um, uh, community development or direct payments as far as uh, down payment assistance, counseling, etc. So there are a lot of activities that the bank does uh, for the purposes of, of affordable housing, which we know uh, it impacts black and brown communities more than, than most other underrepresented communities. So um, that's one of the things that attracted me to the bank is, is their mission um, in the affordable housing. Um, you know, so I think part of it is uh, um, we definitely wanna play a role in, in addressing that black home ownership wealth gap. And I'm, I'm glad to, to, to be a part of that. Clearly, and I, um, you know, like I said, it's been, you know, um, great to work with you and your team. You got, you know, a, you know, it's it, with your kind of dual chief hats, um, which is so not to be understated. You know, you got a couple of really strong teams that I've been fortunate enough to facilitate team building retreats for. And, you know, hopefully those have been impactful in the way that they operate as a team. I'm really looking, you know, forward to kind of seeing what's next, like what's on the horizon and channeling your um, aspiration personally and for those around you. Like, I'm really eager to see kind of like, you know, what, what what's on the horizon now, kind of almost like. You had this clarity around wanting to, you know, kind of uh, identify, get, you know, get this role, and um, and then the duality of it, you know, kind of uh, manifest itself just really with your focus on it. Yeah. Is there anything on the horizon that, like, that 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 you're working towards? I don't want you to, you know, kind of uh, share your dreams prematurely, <laughs> but is there? Anything on your horizon, either for yourself or for your team. I see that showing up in the way that you're developing your team and you're creating successes for them. But is, is there anything that we can look forward to from Farming Next? Well, I, you know, I think the next step is it, it kind of speaks to that whole representation piece is to get uh, on a corporate board, right? And, and be that minority representative uh, from an information security and from a diversity perspective. Um, to be able to have uh, uh, impact um, to other organizations uh, at the board level. And then, of course, continue to, to groom my uh, uh, lieutenants, as I call them. Shashala, you mentioned one of them. Uh, I've got um, my leadership, my personal leadership team is, uh, is uh, was it one, two, three, of the four, 
um, all but one are, are minorities, right? And then if you want to go with the gender minority, then that makes all four of them are underrepresented. So, um, you know, I want to continue that legacy and, and build them up as, as future leaders so that, you know, if, uh, if I'm blessed with having, you know, more board opportunities than I can handle, then certainly I think the both the DEI and the information security program would be in good hands um, and continue to be led by minority uh, leaders. You know, um, one that is so very necessary to be able to have your very unique voice at the table for, you know, serving the direction of an organization that brings both your security and your diversity experience like that, that's hard to find, you know what I mean? So that's a very unique voice. It also brings to, you know, even what you're doing in terms of the legacy of the people that you're developing, your lieutenants and creating space for their careers developed. I can appreciate that you're sharing those things, you know, pretty humbly, but I'm going to brag on your behalf that that those are not easy, you know, outcomes to accomplish, to have that level of diversity. In a lot of ways, you're leading by example, and I imagine your colleagues, you know, see that. This has been a great conversation, Kwame, and I really appreciate you taking the time, you know, out to share it. You know, it you definitely did not disappoint, even though this conversation has been coming, you know, for a while. Thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. I appreciate it. And, you know, you can call on me anytime, Reggie. I appreciate that as well, Kwame. If I... If, if you had not already proven it, then I might have a slight doubt, but you, you, when you say that, you really mean it. And to our listeners, I hope this conversation was helpful for you. And as always, we encourage you to find your forte, compose your masterpiece, and play your crescendo. Have an amazing day.
Your heart and 